Thank you, Lord. Y'all got to hurry up. They started my clock already. Y'all get up. <laughs> they got to wait till after I read or something. Okay, let me, let me, let me start. John 14, 27, y'all got it? Okay, let's read it together. Ready, read. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. I'm on Resistant Faith Part 6. Today I'm going to teach on poor no more. Poor no more. Resistant faith. Father, thank you for the word of God that we're about to receive. Our hearts are prepared, I believe, thoroughly to receive the word of God today. So speak, Lord, for your servants we hear, and we will obey. Let the word produce in us what you sent it to produce. It's our prayer, and we believe we receive it as we pray now. In Jesus' name, so be it. Amen, amen. and amen. Poor no more. Say poor no more. Poor no more. All right. Romans 14, 7. Everybody know that by heart now, right? The kingdom of God is not in eating and drinking or not in meat and drink, but it's righteousness and peace and what? Joy in the Holy Ghost. So three things the kingdom of God uh, is defined uh, as, as giving us, providing for us. Righteousness, right standing with God. So you're right with God now. Peace. P-E-A-C-E, right? Not a peace, P-I-E-C-E. God, I want you to have a piece of nothing. Not a piece of car, a piece of house, a piece of man. No, peace, P-E-A-C-E, right? Peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. We know we have joy in the Holy Ghost, ha-ha, right? The Bible says times of refreshing come from the presence of the Lord, right? Book of Acts chapter 3, okay, verse 19. Now, so I want to focus on that piece again in our scripture today, John 14, 27. Jesus said, peace, I leave with you. Now, let me go back to the whole Romans 14, 17. Now, I'm telling you, the kingdom of God is two words. I gave you what? What did you say? Thank you very much. All right, one person in the whole room, remember, the kingdom of God I've been defining for you as heaven's reality. That's what God's trying to get us to enjoy and live in. Heaven's reality. And so heaven's reality, Lamika, is righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. We're talking about a perfect life. Y'all with me on this? Y'all tired? Okay. All right, come on, get your juice up because I, I got to work. Y'all just got to sit and listen. We'll work your faith too and receive it. So, Perfect life is righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. Okay? And so Jesus said in John 14, 27, he said this to us. Put it on the screen for us, please. Peace I leave with you, right? My peace I give to you. So righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Jesus said that peace, which is that perfect, that perfection, I'm giving to you. Now, if something's given to you, it's a gift. gift. We already know he gave us the gift of righteousness, Romans 5, 17. We know that we received a gift of the Holy Ghost. Now we understand we get the gift of peace. So heaven's reality, Jesus is saying, is a gift to you, which means you don't have to work for heaven's reality, not the natural. 
You only have to work your faith. You are with me. All right? So peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. My peace. Who's talking? So this is Jesus' peace. His peace. My peace I give to you. My perfect life I give to you. Glory to God. Not as the world gives. So, Katrish, there's a, a peace the world gives, but it's a false peace. It's not a real peace. It's always and only temporary. It, it always and only masks the real issues. You go to a doctor, they give you some medicine, and what they're going to do, they're not going to heal you. They're just going to treat your symptoms. They're going to mask the real symptoms or mask the real issue. They can't, they can't eradicate it. They know that. I said they know that. Okay? So they're just going to do the best they can. And you, you know, go to happy hour. Why do you go to happy hour? To get happy. Why would you go to have, have to go get happy? Because ordinarily, you're not happy. So you have to go get this temporary happy juice to make you happy. And the more you drink, the happier you get. And then the happier you get, the greater the fall because the world's peace is only temporary and it masks real issues. But my peace, Jesus' peace, is a peace that passes all understanding. Got it? And he left it with us and gave it to us. Now, if I leave you something deep and I give it to you, you have to take it to, to use it. Am I right about it? Okay. So then he says at the end, of, end here, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Now, what's the word there? Let. Let means don't allow or allow or not allow. So implication is you let. So the, the, the ability to be afraid or troubled or not be afraid or not be troubled is on you. It's in you. Got it? All right. Now let's keep going here because I got a ways to go. I probably won't finish, but we'll see how much you can take today. So he says, let not your heart be troubled. Don't let it be afraid. Is anybody else hot? I'm burning up, y'all. hot when I first walked in. I'm going to just tell y'all this. You got to bring jackets. Because see, I got to work. Y'all just got to sit. So if you got to bring a jacket, a blanket, do whatever you need to do, I can't be uncomfortable. You need me to be comfortable to give you what I need to give you. So please, y'all, stop telling them, stop complaining about the cold in here. Okay? Was that nice, Pauline? I said it nicely? All right. All right. Praise God. Hallelujah. All right, now, so he says, don't let your heart be troubled. Don't let it be afraid. Now, he says it because he knows that you have an enemy that's going to come to trouble you and make you afraid. Right? We know him to be the devil. Okay? Satan's coming to disturb your peace and eventually to steal your peace. 
He wants to disturb your peace and eventually steal it. Because peace was given to you. That peace is what keeps you from being afraid and trouble. That peace is what gives you the perfect life on this earth. And if the devil can disturb that, and if he can steal that, now you don't have that perfect life. Got it? Okay, now, let's define that word peace. Some of y'all know it if you've been here a while. That word peace from the, from the Greek is a Greek word, irene, which means, so this is for all the religious people. It means security, safety, prosperity, and felicity. I always like people that say they don't believe in that stuff, but yet they use the same concordance we use, and somehow they overlook these words. It means security, safety, prosperity, and felicity, because peace and harmony make and keep things safe and prosperous. Did y'all see that? Couples, did y'all see that? I said, couples, did y'all see that? Peace and harmony make and keep things safe and prosperous. Y'all have said nothing. So couples, if you want to be prosperous, you need peace and harmony. Not fussing and fighting and cussing and shading each other and all that kind of stuff. Okay? Not competing and all that kind of stuff y'all do. Alright? So, we need to have this peace. He said, this is the peace I give you. Alright, now, again, peace is heaven's reality. And so, we're talking about using our faith to make this our reality. Okay? Alright, now, I talked about this enemy, the devil, I brought him up Wednesday night to you, that he is a strategist. And just like we have natural human warfare, we have spiritual warfare. The enemy bringing war against us, he uses something called um, chemical warfare. That's what they use in the military, chemical warfare. They launch chemicals to burn people and do things like that. Chemical warfare here in, in the devil's realm, he uses drugs and alcohol. That's chemical warfare. So sickness hits your body. You take a chemical for it. It doesn't heal the sickness. It just... It just uh, covers it and brings on a different sickness. Y'all got it? So, uh, chemical warfare. Then we talked about the other night biological warfare. Sickness is in, in, the, in war, in military, they bring uh, germs and viruses, they put those things out there against people to, to kill them. Right? Same thing the devil does. Germs and viruses come from the enemy. From the enemy. You know, before Adam fell, there were no germs and viruses. It's from the enemy. It's part of the curse. But I already taught you here last couple of weeks here how you can resist that by your faith. I felt early this week a little thing in here in my throat. You know when you start feeling that little thing in your throat? Like you know something's coming. It hadn't hit yet, but you know it's coming. What you going to do, just let it come? No, you, 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 you fight it by faith. I didn't go take a whole bunch of vitamin C. No, I just spoke the word over it. And thank God it's all gone. And what the devil intended for me never actually came on me. Because I, I, I never said, I'm coming down with a cold. I wouldn't speak that. If I said I'm coming down with a cold, guess what's going to come? A cold. Now I taught on this Wednesday night. How many of y'all were here Wednesday night? I taught on psychological warfare. Oh, that's real, ain't it? 
Psychological warfare is defined as things that are done to make someone, such as an enemy or an opponent, become less confident or to feel hopeless or afraid, etc. That's what psychological warfare is. It's used, uh, it was used uh, greatly in, the, in World War II. Hitler, y'all wake up now. He used psychological warfare against, uh, over, over the people in Europe and all across the world. Propaganda ministers. And um, we've seen, Pastor Kim mentioned this to me a couple days ago, uh, we've seen how we have that, everybody has these statements, keep calm and whatever, whatever. Y'all have seen these statements, posters and mugs. That came out of World War II. It came out of uh, uh, Great Britain. They were trying to do something to counteract that psychological warfare. So they came up with keep calm and carry on. That's what that started in World War II. Because you have to keep calm when the devil is coming against you. You have to, as we taught on Wednesday night, hold your peace. Because he's going to come at you. Before you leave here today, he's going to come at you. When you gather this church today, he's going to come at you real hard and real strong. You got it? All right, now, again, John 14, 17 says, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Now, let's move on. Everybody say, we're moving on now. Okay, now. Just like in the, in the natural, Satan also uses something called economic warfare. Yes, he does, sir. I only got two witnesses to that. He uses economic warfare against people. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Just about three of y'all, okay. The rest of y'all has always been good. Anybody been through any economic warfare? All right. Y'all talk, talk back to me now. Okay, and his endeavor, his, his strategy is to violate you in the area of your finances. Now, interesting, I found this out, Christopher. Uh, the devil is strategic because he uses economic warfare against the world, too. But he does it in reverse. In the world, he pushes them into prosperity. Because prosperity destroys a fool. You understand that? Prosperity destroys a fool. And the fool says in his heart there is no God. So he uses prosperity to destroy fools. So people in the world, you read Psalm 73, and, and that's when the psalmist said, hey, when I, I, looked, I got frustrated when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. That's why the Bible says in Psalm 37, says, fret not, fret not thyself because of evildoers. Don't be envious against workers of iniquity, for they shall soon be cut down like the grass and wither as the green herb. 37 verse 1, right? So, so the devil will prop them up financially so that their hearts are on their riches and they never turn to God. Because he knows that, ri that riches, that riches uh, will take wings. Isn't that what your Bible says? Will take wings and fly away to heaven. Because he knows the wealth of the wicked, the devil knows the scripture, is laid up for the righteous. So he uses their prosperity against them. So he makes sure they can get easy money. Come on now, some of y'all try you worried about your cousin and your friends. He makes sure people in the world 
don't have a, a real hard time unless they, you know, oh, I know people with a hard time. They, they, ain't, they ain't serving God. They lazy. Because if they would just listen to their master, the devil, and stop being lazy, he propped them up real quick. Because he knows, listen to me, prosperity destroys fools. That's Proverbs chapter 1, right? Prosperity, King James, prosperity destroys a fool. We'll let him get it. But for the believer, he comes against our prosperity. He brings financial hardship. And y'all looking at me straight now, huh? And financial difficulty, challenges, he tries to stream your financial life. Because he wants you to turn from God. They said, if I serve God, he going to take care of me. They said, if I serve God, he going to bless me. They said, if I serve God, everything, everything going to be good. Seeing to me, like ever since I've been serving God, it's gotten harder and harder and harder and harder. Yep. Because you have an adversary. Now, when you were in the world, he wasn't your adversary. He was your friend. Come on, I'll tell the truth. But now he's your adversary. So he's fighting against your financial well-being to keep you from it. Praise God, I got a little Christmas music. So he's fighting against that. Now, is there anybody here will testify? You ain't got to raise your hand, but you can raise both hands if you want to. You know what financial warfare is all about. Since you've been born again. So we got the right crowd here today. And yet, most of the church, Michelle, most of the church will say, well, child, just one day when you get to heaven, it's going to be all right. We all going to just have to struggle down here. But when you get to heaven, you're going to have a mansion up in the sky. You're going to walk on streets of gold. You're going to have a new robe over in the other side. Somewhere over yonder. And we got all kind of over yonder preaching going on all over the world today. St. Petersburg is blanketed in over yonder preaching right now. I'm not an over yonder preacher. I'm an over year preacher. Right over here. Right over here. Right over here. Jesus said, no man who's left father, mother, house, or land, or children, or for my sake in the gospels, who will not receive a hundredfold now in this time. Mark 10, 29, 30. Right? So you receive it here. So Jesus said, now, when, in John 14, 27, he said, peace I leave with you. Now, where was he? Where, huh? Where was he going? Right, but he said, peace, I leave with you. There is peace in that land. No, he said, I left it here. I'm going back to heaven. I'm going to leave this with you. 
Oh, but it's, it's peace over there. Rest in peace. No, live in peace. Oh, Jesus. No, live in peace. Ain't, ain't no bills in heaven. Of course they got peace. Ain't no Duke energy. You ain't got to figure out how to eat, how to buy, how to, you ain't got to figure out. Ain't nothing if you got to figure out of heaven. You don't need no peace over there. Can y'all take this a day? You ain't got to figure out college tuition. You ain't got to figure out how to buy no clothes. You ain't got to figure out how to buy no shoes and no growing boy's feet. Not over there. So he said, my peace, I'm leaving it with you. I'm giving it to you. I'm up out of here, but I'm leaving it with you. Got it? So don't be troubled. So you, he said it because you have an enemy who's trying to disturb your peace and eventually steal your peace. Your perfect life. You got it? All right. Glory to God. Now listen to what I said. Now remember what I told you, Deke. I said the devil uses prosperity against the, the world. But us, he tries to push us into poverty. What I say? I said into poverty. Now that's important. I, I said that way and you hear that way. I didn't say uh, try, to, try to make you poor or try to keep you poor, try to push you into it. Some of y'all, Pastor, you don't know I'm already poor. I was poor when I came here. If you were a sinner and you broke, you right. You poor. You poor. But if you're born again, I better come on this side. I said if you're born again, if you're a child of God, you are poor no more. Put 2 Corinthians 8 on verse 9 on the screen, please. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that you through his poverty might become rich. King James says might be rich. So he, he already uh, been poor. And when he became poor, it was on the cross. You were crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, you live. Nevertheless, the life you live, you live by faith of the Son of God. Not faith in the Son of God, the faith of the Son of God. You live by his faith. You now, you were buried with him with baptism. But you were raised again with him. So you are not, you, it's impossible to be poor now as a believer. Well, Pastor, let me check my account. You, you're checking the wrong account. That's the problem. You keep checking that account. I'm not talking about that account. 
You can get it. You can get it transferred into that account. But that's not where it starts out. We have been giving spiritual blessings in heavenly places. They're laid up for us. Y'all got it? So I'm poor no more. Say I'm rich. Give me Romans 8, 16, 17. Let me hurry up. Romans 8, 16, 17. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are what? Children of God. God. Right? Verse 17. And if children, wait, wait, how many of y'all are children of God? Raise your hand real high. Wave it at me. Wave it at me. All right? Now look at your neighbor and say, this you. This you right here. Child. You're an heir of God. I don't care if your mom and daddy died dead broke and didn't leave you a dime, nothing but a bill. Papa was a rolling stone and all he left was was a loan. It doesn't matter about that. All that matters is you're a child of God and if you're a child of God then you are an heir of God and a joint heir with Christ. Now the Bible says Jesus Christ became the heir of the whole world. Abraham, the Bible says, became the heir of the whole world. We are sons of Abraham, sons of God, children of the Lord, uh, heirs, joint heir with Jesus Christ. Now, if I'm a joint heir, my wife and I, we are joint, uh, we have joint owners on accounts. That means anything my wife puts in the account is mine. Anything I put in the account is mine. I'm just playing, baby. <laughs> it's hers too. Because we are joint owners. I get mine out. Well, she does. I don't even question it. You heard me, husbands? I don't even question it. I just want to be happy. Don't even question it. That's it. I see it. Just tell me, I learned that. It's key to being happy, just don't even question it. Uh, what I was talking about. So we, are, we have a joint account with Jesus. So if he is rich, then you're rich. Y'all got it? Can you take one more? How many of y'all love the Lord? How many of y'all fear or serve the Lord? How many of y'all delight and love his word? Now, Psalm 112, verse 1 says, Blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who delights greatly in his commandments. Verse 3 says about that man, wealth and riches will be in his house, and his righteousness endures forever. So you can be rich and righteous. You don't have to choose between rich or righteous. You can be rich and righteous. Got it? That's God's plan for you. Okay, so everybody say, I'm poor no more. I'm poor no more. Glory to God. Now, what we have then here, Elder Jeff, is something called financial security. Yes, sir. Or at least we should have what's called financial security. Everybody say financial security. Financial. Now, I looked up financial security, and I found on a website, Quicken.com. Y'all familiar with Quicken, QuickBooks? On Quicken.com, they put a definition of, of, uh, of financial security uh, on their site. I want you to see, read this. It means financial security refers to, listen to this, the peace of mind. You got this, Paulette? 
the peace of mind you feel when your income is enough to cover your expenses, emergencies, and future financial goals. That's what they define as financial. This is what the world defines as financial security. Now, we can define it biblically and spiritually and go all deep. But <laughs> this, is what we're for. this is what you're looking for. This is what in the world they're hunting after. This is in the world what all the Gentiles seek, Matthew 6, 32. After all these things, the Gentiles seek, Matthew 6, 32. But Matthew 6, 33, but we seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added. What the, these things? Financial security. Put it back on the screen. Financial security. I want y'all to see it. Put it with, now, we'll, we'll send y'all this later on. It'll come in your group, me, and all that kind of stuff. It's the peace of mind you feel when your income is enough to cover your expenses, emergencies. There will be emergencies when your tire blows out, the transmission dies, the roof starts leaking. Emergencies, right? And future financial goals. You got it? Now, that's what they call peace. You know, it's the same thing the Lord calls peace. When you have security, safety, prosperity, and felicity. Felicity is just a SAT word for happiness. You got it? This is what you're supposed to have here every day. You're not supposed to be sitting awake any night thinking about your bills. Come on now, y'all ain't saying that. Don't wake up any morning. Oh, Lord. How I'm going to pay my rent. All my money spent. Telephone disconnect. Waiting for the next paycheck. Go to John 10.10. Go to John 10.10. Because this is what Jesus came to give us. Everybody shout poor no more. This is what Jesus came to give us. Glory to God. John 10, 10, amplified. Throw it amplified. Let's, let's go straight, straight to it here. Can y'all read with me? Ain't nobody fanning no more. Y'all ready, John? John 10, 10. Ready? Read. The thief comes only in order to steal and kill and destroy. I came and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full. Now, Bible scholars tell me who's talking here. It's Jesus talking, right, in John 10, verse 10. And he said the thief, he tells us the thief comes. Now, that word comes means keeps coming. So he keeps coming. Anybody ever, ever had your house burglarized or know anybody, you know thieves keep coming. I told y'all a couple a week ago, whatever it was, our house burglarized five times. They kept coming. They kept coming. They kept coming. They just, they figured they're going to keep replenishing. <laughs> and we did. <laughs> Praise God. Finally, finally, we just let them have the neighborhood. Y'all have it. It's y'all's. Y'all got it. Y'all got it. Move some around some other rich people. Read 
rich people watch out for you. They're not watching you. I, I, my wife, I get all these little, little notices every day. Um, oh, there's a van down the street. It's been there two days. We don't know who this van is. We saw a man, a man walking around the neighborhood. He had a red hat on. We don't know what that means. What does a red hat mean? This dude just wearing a red hat, man. This is a red hat. Calm down. Golly. Take it down a thousand, man. They watching out for you. It's a dog on the loose, yeah. Listen there. Dogs live outside. So Jesus talks about two people, the thief, who comes to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they, you, may have and enjoy. Sure, you see this? Enjoy. Have and enjoy, Anissa. Enjoy life. And have it in scarcity. How? In abundance. To the full, till it overflows. I mean, just, just running over everywhere. That's talking about your physical life. That's divine life. Your joy is just running over. You become, you become contagious. Your peace becomes a resting place for other people. People kind like to get around you because you're just enjoying a peaceful. Your marriage is bubbling over. You ain't enjoying life, right? But it also includes, young man, your money. I'm going to just talk to him because y'all ain't saying nothing. Young man, it includes your money. How old are you? 15. At 15, God wants you to enjoy life and have more money than you can ever put your hands on. If I could have known at 15 what I know now, I'd already been a baller shot caller, 20-inch blaze on Impala. I'd have been a long time ago, boy, a long time ago. But now I'm going to still be a baller because God is my shot caller, right? God's my shot caller now. He's going to make you a baller. Got it? He said he came for you to be a baller. Have it in abundance to the full, to the overflow. So I'm not poor, I'm rich. Now he told me somebody else is coming. The thief. The thief comes to steal, kill, or destroy. Now, remember what I told you. This is a review, Chris. I told you, Satan uses prosperity against the wicked. But the righteous, the people of God, he tries to push us into poverty. Which means you and I, Deke, are already rich. Whether you know it or not. Whether you have it in manifestation or not. You are already rich. He tries to push you into prosperity. But the thief comes. The thief comes. Now, I want to show you something here. Poverty is a thief. Poverty is a thief. Poverty is not your state. It's a thief. Pastor, you got to show me that. All right. 
Proverbs 6, verse 9 through 11. Proverbs 6, verse 9 through 11. How long will you slumber, O sluggard? When will you rise from your sleep? Now, we know naturally this talking about you got to work. You understand? You can't be some lazy bones and eat. Right? Bible says man doesn't work. Shouldn't eat. It didn't say don't eat. It said shouldn't eat. Because somebody going to feed him, take care of him. His mama going to take care of him. Mama gonna take come on boy. But it said he shouldn't. Make that boy go get a job. Don't be giving him no bowl of cereal of 35 years old. Get your job, boy. Big old bowl of cereal. All right. When will you rise from your sleep? Kirk Kirk is like, who? Bowl of yeah. Fruity cocoa pebbles. Okay, verse 10. Verse 10. Come on, let's keep going. A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands asleep. Now, don't go, don't go further. I want you to see this sleep here. Let's go a little deeper than this natural sleep. I want you to see sleeping in the spirit. That you can sleep in the spirit. In other words, you can sleep on the devil. And not be aware. The Bible says be sober, be, be vigilant. For the devil, your adversary, goes about like a roaring lion. Vigilant means you got to be watching. Somebody got to be on guard. So he's saying, get up, you sleeper. Now, why does he say that, Tony? Watch verse 11. So shall your poverty come on you. He said poverty will come on you. You're not poor. Poverty comes on you. He said like a prowler. Anybody know what a prowler is? Y'all ever seen a prowler? Y'all know a prowler? You got a cousin that's a prowler? Junebug, what you, what you doing around here, Junebug? Okay, for those of you who all are, are you're, you're millennials or younger, let me define prowler for you. Put prowler on the screen, please. Hopefully y'all have that definition there, a, a prowler. Prowler, this is from the, from the dictionary. One who moves stealthily around or loiters near a place with a view to committing a crime, especially burglary. So a prowler prowls around, watching people's schedule, Looking at a house, checking the windows, all through, all through the mall parking lot, there's people walking through the mall parking lot, grabbing on doors. They're prowling. They're trying to find an opportunity to steal. The Bible says, so shall your poverty, Proverbs 6, verse 11, your poverty come on you like a prowler. So in other words, Poverty is prowling. Oh, Jesus. See, you thinking 
you think in poverty is a money problem. It ain't a, it ain't a money problem. It's a, it's a, it's a vigilance problem. When you're, when you're righteous, when you're a child of God, you are rich. But you keep, I'm not offending anybody. I'm, I'm trying to say this the way that you don't, you don't get me. But you keep um, sleeping on the devil. In other words, somebody say, I just keep running out of money. How come I keep running out of money? Because poverty's prowling around. Looking for a way to get you. Oh, so poverty going to bring an ad for something on, on TV. Look at here, look at here, look at here, look at here, look at here. Buy this, buy this. You got to have that, you got to have that. Yours is old, yours is ugly. This problem, this is the poverty coming on you. And your need, need, like an armed man. That's the jack man. Uh, I, I've had prowlers. The people came burglarize my house. They didn't have nothing. They didn't have nothing. They had nothing but their athleticism. That's all they had. They ain't lying. These jokes have athletic. Broken miles. They could squeeze in through the little window that they broke. I came home one day, found a guy. I started chasing the guy. The guy jumped over my six foot fence. I'm like, God. He gone. Oh, yeah. And remember that? that we were out here one night, prayer, uh, prayer night. And there's a guy uh, went in the sister Angie car and stole her purse, I guess it was, right? And I saw him. So I spotted him, and he running past me. So I'm like, oh, I got the angle on him, Dwight. So I turned around, and I'm going to catch him. All of a sudden, the joker, he, turned, he went in like third gear. Boom! The joker said, you too slow! I was like, you're right. You're right. God going to get you because I can't get you. I'm out of breath. Am I right, Angie? I'm, this is true story. True story. I like angels. Get him. Get him. I have no chance against him. But when you're an armed man, that's the jack man. The jack man gonna get right up in your feet, gonna bust you upside your head with a thing. Just take it. it. Says poverty comes like an armed man. Need. Well, need is poverty. It's a lack. In fact, you look up that word poverty in the Hebrew, and you'll see it means poverty means lack to be in need. It comes on you. That means it's not me. It comes on me. Now, I know some of y'all, your brain is like, that does not compute. Because you're like, I've always been poor. Yes, I understand. But once you got born again, you instantly became rich. Instantly. But poverty prowls around you to keep you from ever manifesting your riches. 
Give me the NIV on this. I think it is. I asked you for the NIV. Give me verse, um, let's go right, right to verse 11, NIV. NIV. And poverty will come on you like a thief. Okay, that matches exactly what Jesus said. The thief comes to steal, kill, or destroy. So if you don't understand proudly, you understand a thief. Everybody understand you had a pencil stolen when you were in school or whatever. Somebody stole your calculator, right? So a thief, poverty will come on you like a thief and scarcity like a what? Like an armed man. Now remember Matthew 24? Put it on the screen. Matthew 24, verse 34. Because I taught you Wednesday night when you see the thief coming, you got to be on guard. Matthew 24, verse 34, Jesus said this. Assuredly, no, Matthew, did I give you the wrong scripture? I did. Lord have mercy. Oh, 43, 24, 43. Yeah, I, I read it backwards. Don't even think it. Matthew 24, 43. But know this, that if the master of the house had known what hour poverty was coming, he would have watched and not allowed poverty to break in his house and take everything. Proverbs 22, verse um, 2. I think it's verse 2. Proverbs, give me Proverbs 22, verse 2. Verse 3. Yeah. A prudent man foresees evil. Prudent, wise. You see it coming. I see it. I mean, if you, if you were, if you were about, this happened a couple weeks ago, last week might have been. We were leaving the house one day, driving, pulling out, out of our garage. As we pulled our garage, I see a truck that was going down the street, but the guy looked over at us, and I saw him turn off real quick. So you know my, because I'm from the hood. I'm not in the hood now, but I'm from the hood. And I saw him turn down the street, like to go, and the street he turned on, you can only go around and come right back to our street. So you know what I did? I circled too. I drove around this circle and came right back and pulled by my house, and there he is, driving right by my house. I see you. Am I right about it? Just let you know. I don't know who you are. Now, I ain't, ain't posting up no, no internet or nothing like that. But I'm just like, uh, I'm watching out. See, if you, if you recognize a prowler is around, now he, he might have just been intrigued to see a black man out there. I don't know what it was. But I don't know. And since I'm not sure, I'm going to just let you know I see you. Poverty is out there. It's not in here, it's not in here, it's out there. But if you don't guard yourself, it comes on you and comes in here. And so then no matter how you work, no matter what you do, no matter how hard you try, I'm trying so hard, no matter how much money you make, you end up in poverty. Or you end up in lack, you understand? Everybody has their own definition of poverty. Right? Jesus. I remember when 50, 50 Cent said he was broke. Yeah. You can't be broke. 50 Cent, your name 50 Cent. You got at least 50 Cent somewhere. 
You 50 cent, bro. It says he was just broke for his level. You understand? You do things, poverty will come on you. So I'm just telling you this, you know, God has blessed my wife and I and me and our family. You know, he brought us out of debt a couple years ago. And so we have, you know, we're out of debt, don't have all them crazy bills and all that kind of stuff. And so we got a little, little extra money, you know, we're not struggling or anything. We have a little bit of financial security. But I still have to fight this prowler, this thief called poverty. Because he don't care. What you got and what you think you know, he coming up. Remember, the thief comes. He just came, he comes over and over and over again trying to get away in. You got it? All right. I'm out of time. Oh, okay, it's still counting down. I thought, woof. Glory to God. So y'all talk too much. Okay, economic warfare. Economic warfare. It's a political or military, military strategy. I'm going to show you this here. I'm, we'll get to this story. It, it, to cut off supplies to an enemy in order to pressure them into conforming or surrendering. Economic warfare is, it's a political or military strategy whereby you cut off supplies to an enemy. We are the devil's enemy. In order to pressure them into conforming, in other words, if the U.S., we're providing aid to some country, right? But the country starts acting crazy like they're not doing uh, what we want them to do. We say, we're going to withhold our aid to you act like we want you to act. Am I right about it? I mean, that's what this whole impeachment fight is about right now. That's all it is. Okay? But it's to pressure someone into conforming or, military-wise, surrendering. The devil wants you to compromise, to conform, and eventually just surrender. So he, he, he wants to squeeze you in the area that's most vital to your existence. On, on this planet. Now, I know you can do a lot of stuff without money, but let's just be honest, DJ. Just got to keep it real, DJ. Everybody else looking crazy, but me and you, we can talk. Money makes the world go around. You need money. The chairs you're sitting on cost money. So you need money. Let's, let's just be honest. So he's going to try to uh, pressure you in that most vital area where uh, you need for this existence on this planet in order to get you to conform or to outright surrender. How many Christians do you know have conformed to the world or just outright surrender? I give up. I quit. I'm going back to fishing. You got it? Can I give you another definition? Because this is going to help us in our story we're about to read here. We're almost done for the day. Siege. Siege. This is one way that they do this, what we just talked about. Siege. It's a military operation in which enemy forces surround a town or building cutting off essential supplies with the aim of compelling 
the surrender of those inside. Y'all military people understand this. You, they'll, they'll surround a town, surround a, a city. Blockades. You've heard that. Naval blockades, Brother Tyrone. They cut off. They're going to cut off ways in. Cut off the waterways. They're going to cut off the roadways. We're going to cut off all the ways that supplies get in. Now, it's, 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 it's a serious thing because... because they're, 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 they're resisting that other nation's government, but the people suffer. And the hope is that the government will see the suffering of the people enough and say, okay, 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 we give in. Right? Okay. Now, open your Bibles to 2 Kings 6. I'm going to show you this in motion. I'm going to show you this in action. 2 Kings 6. Woo-wee. Hallelujah. You know, I preached a couple weeks ago, heal from now on. Today I'm preaching poor no more. Did you catch what I just said? If you can be healed from now on, you can be poor no more. I know y'all get on and say, poor no more. I don't care how you say it, as long as you say it. Poe no more. Say it. I won't be poor anymore. For you, you know, sophisticated people. Second Kings 6, are you there? All right, let me get there. Verse 24. I'll just give you just a little background real quick, real quick. And it happened after this that Benadad, king of Syria, king of who? Syria. So that's one nation, gathered all his army and went up and besieged Samaria. You got it? So Samaria is the other nation. So Syria is doing this economic warfare to Samaria. Okay? Verse 25, and here's what happened, Elder Baker. And as a result of that economic warfare, and there was what? A great famine in Samaria. Now, if anybody in here, you've been feeling like, man, I'm in a famine. I'm talking about financially. I mean, are you doing what you're supposed to do? You're tithing, you're giving, you're sowing, you're working, you're operating your business, you're being faithful, being diligent. I'm trying to figure out, it's like ain't nothing, ain't nothing coming in. Come over here. I heard, heard some stuff over here. Ain't nothing coming in. I want to submit to you today that in the spirit, you have been besieged. The enemy has set up forces around you to try to or to cut off your supply in hopes that you will surrender. Come on now. Anybody, you praying, you fasting, you believe in God, you're doing everything you know how to do. I'm sowing, I'm tithing, I'm parting, I'm giving, I'm honoring, I'm blessing people, I'm doing everything. I'm working. I go to work five, six days a week. I'm working 10 hours every day. I'm doing, I've got a business on the side. I'm, what? I'm doing everything I know how to do. I submit to you that you, 
it's very possible, very likely, that you are under siege. And there was a great famine in Samaria. And indeed, they besieged it until a donkey's head was sold for 80 shekels of silver. Now, I don't know why they wanted donkey's head, except I guess they ate, they ate the meat out of donkey's head. Y'all know they eat donkey, right? That's a big delicacy over in, in uh, Asia right now. Okay, donkey's head. Donkey. Donkey. It was sold for 80 shekels of silver. Now watch this other one here. Watch, watch this. Watch this, Anissa. And one-fourth of a cab of dove droppings. Well, what are they using dove droppings for? Fuel. That's, that's how they build fires. Oh, no, they weren't eating dove droppings, ladies and gentlemen. Y'all are nasty. It was, they're cooking with it. Y'all. I mean, it's bad enough, though, they're cooking with it. There was one prophet, though, God made him cook with his own dome. He had to take his waste and use it to cook. It was an, as, a, as a parable to the nation. Okay. All right. Y'all got it? So everybody say it was bad. Say it was really bad. Let me see how bad it is. Then as the king of Israel was passing by on, on, on the wall, on the what? So there's a wall around the city. Now the wall is meant to keep people out. But the, the blockade was around the wall, which kept them in. Which meant they couldn't go out and do business. They couldn't go trade. And no other supplies, No, they couldn't get any imports, and there were no exports. Nothing coming in, nothing going out. So the king is on the wall. Everybody say the wall. Now, with the wall, there are gates in the wall. Now, just keep that for, for uh, two minutes from now, okay? On the wall, a woman cried out to him. This is how bad it was. Now, watch this, Luke. She said, help my Lord, O king. And he said, the Lord does not help you. Where can I find help for you? From the threshing floor or from the wine press. In other words, we don't have any help. The threshing floor uh, was where all the wheat was. The wine press was where all the, all, the, all the grapes were. We have nothing. Where am I going to get help from? We have nothing. Everything's dried up. In other words, this, this besiegement has been there for a while. Okay? Verse 28. Then the king said to her, what is troubling you? And she answered, this woman said to me, give your son. Y'all like that dramatic reading? That we may eat him today. And we will eat my son tomorrow. They've resorted to cannibalism. That's how bad it is. They're eating each other. Paul said, if you bite and devour each other, you'll be consumed. What the devil does, I watch this, Luanda. The devil will put so much pressure on you, he'll encircle the lemons 
So you start biting and devouring each other. You spent how much? Well, how much were you spent? You in the Waffle House? How much you spent? You ain't got no Now I don't know nothing about their house, so I'm just this is an example. If and so what happened? They will bite and devour each other until they're consumed. Now there's a now they're come attacking each other, but the problem is out there. Couples, I'm talking to you. Oh, what happens with, with you ain't got to be a couple because sometimes a mama will yell on her children, you want shoes? You, you doggone feet keep growing. I'm cut your toes off. Feet keep growing. I got all that money. It ain't the child. The child feet growing like they're supposed to grow. The problem is you have been, you are under siege. You are under siege. And so you start fighting each other. Wrestling against flesh and blood. And not the principalities and powers, the rulers of darkness of this age, the spiritual wickedness in high places is all besieging you. Is this helping anybody here today? Trying to explain what's going on. So she said, we may eat him today and we'll eat my son tomorrow. Verse 29. 29. So we boiled my son. Mama, stop boiling your son. Because the dad ain't nowhere around. Don't boil your son. It ain't his fault. And I said to her on the next day, give your son. I thought we was going to split this bill. That we may eat him, but she has hidden her son. Because the enemy will always trick you into making counterfeit deals and then back out on you. So now your son gone, but she got her son hidden somewhere. And she full. Mm-mm-mm, your boy was good. Your boy was tasty. I wonder if they eat like, like, like the thighs and the... Okay, I'm just All right, now, everybody says bad. So, notice, now here we are. Let me say this as we close. They're surrounded. Because of the besiegement, everything's cut off. They are so poor, Tony. They're, they're consuming each other. Everything is expensive. Inflation, you know, we saw the prices of the, of the donkey's head and the dong. Inflation is, is off the charts, Deacon Gershom. There's, the feds don't know what to do with this. They're going we to raise interest rates, lower the interest rates. We don't know what to do about the job. It's, it's, it's horrible. There's no, there's, 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 watch, there's nothing naturally that can be done about this. Now, I don't know if I got one or two of y'all in here. But there's nothing naturally that can be done. But there is a God in heaven. 
who knows how to get past blockades. How to get past the besiegement of the enemy. Because if you read chapter 7, verse 1, God sent the prophetic voice of prosperity where there was a famine. And people try to tell you, you can't preach prosperity where people are poor. But the way, the people who need to hear the prosperity message the most are the ones who are the worst off. It's bad. Can you imagine us eating, little Abby? Not to lay up. Well, few of us can probably feed off. The, probably. <laughs> Table for six. She gonna get me back. I'm sure tomorrow. But I'm I want you to just see how bad it is. And yet God has the nerve to send a word to fix it. He's going to send a word to fix it. Check out chapter 7, verse 1. Then Elisha, y'all know Elisha, right? The prophet, the prophetic voice of prosperity, said, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord, tomorrow, about this time. I know how it looks today, but tomorrow, about this time, a seer of fine flour shall be sold for a shekel. That means really cheap. You can get a whole lot of it for real cheap. And two seals of barley for a shekel at the, at the gate. Now these gates were closed, blocked, but he said, at the gate that's been blocked off, that's been shut off by the enemy, I'm going to put it right in the enemy's face. I'm going to give you a financial miracle right in the face of your enemy. I'm going to bless your socks off right in the face of that thief. I'm going to turn your life around. I'm going to turn the whole economy around right in the face, right at the gate, D, of Samaria. Now watch what happens now. Watch what happens. Y'all got time? Verse 2. Verse 2. This is where your faith kicks in. Then an officer on whose hand the king leaned answered the man of God and said. Now he's not going to respond by faith. I want you to see this. He said, look, if the Lord would make windows in heaven, could this thing be? And he, Elisha, said, in fact, you shall see it with your eyes, but you, faithless man, sit right up in here in church and hear all this prophetic word and don't believe none of it, you faithless man, faithless woman. When you see it, you shall not eat any of it. Now, the man says something deep. This is big. 
He said the Lord should open the windows of heaven. Pastor Joshua, this big. Because he doesn't know that's, that's exactly what God's going to do. Because the gates are closed. So when the devil closes gates on you, God knows how to open the windows of heaven over your life. So it doesn't matter how the enemy assails and blockades and barricades your life. He can't stop what comes down from above. He can cut off jobs, cut off bonuses, cut off increases, cut off promotions, but he can't cut off heaven. And that's what this man didn't understand. He had no faith. He did not believe the report. Tell you, neighbor, you must believe the report. Tell somebody else, you must believe the report. Oh, my God. Oh. I'm going to put it on the screen. They'll, they'll send it to you later. Faith believes prophetic promises in spite of current conditions. Faith believes prophetic promises in spite of of current conditions. It doesn't matter what it looks like, I believe what he said. It doesn't matter what it feels like, I believe what he said. It doesn't matter what I'm going through, I believe what he said. And if he said it, that settles it. And if he said tomorrow, it's going to turn around. I got one more night. I just got just one more night. I might weep one more night, but joy coming in the morning because the word has already come. Truth be told, if I believe the word, joy just came. Now, now watch this, because you got to believe the word. Put Romans 10, 12, 12 on the screen, Romans 10. Can I just finish this? Yes, yes. Romans, I want you to go home and not have. Romans 10, 12 through 17. I want you to hear this. This is, this is really important, Pastor Rowe. Watch this. Romans 10, 10, 12 through 17. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek, for the same Lord over all is what? Rich, rich too. The Lord is rich too. He's rich too. All who call upon him. Can you call on him? Yes. When you're going through, call on him. When you're battling, call on him. When you're feeling poor and helpless, call on him. When you're feeling like you ain't going to make it, call on him. Verse 13, watch this. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. I, I need to calm down, Lord, have mercy. Verse 14, verse 14. I'm going to show you something here. Watch this. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not what? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not what? And how shall they hear without a who? A preacher, verse 15. And how shall they preach unless they are sent? Elisha was sent to preach something. Just like I today am sent to preach something to you. Now watch what he preached. How beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace. 
Now, everybody's making a big deal. Right now, I preach the gospel of grace. And I preach, that's, all, that's nice, that's nice. Preach the gospel of grace. We all preach the gospel of grace. But he said, how beautiful. You want beautiful feet? Preach the gospel of peace. Now, in case you forgot what peace is, it's security, safety, prosperity, and felicity. So preach the gospel of security. Preach the gospel of safety. Preach the gospel of prosperity. Preach the gospel of felicity. Now go back. Put that on the screen. Romans, Romans 10. Watch this. Ooh, that was verse 15. And how shall they hear without verse, verse uh, yeah. How beautiful the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. That's what Elisha was bringing. Remember, the, the officer didn't believe it. Verse 16. But they have not all obeyed. Be careful you don't sit in here and not obey the gospel. I'm preaching the gospel of peace to you all the time. I'm always preaching security. I'm always preaching safety. I'm always preaching prosperity. I'm always, always preaching felicity or happiness. You ain't gonna come in here and get me preaching about broke, busted, disgusted, and just like, just enjoy it. Get out of that mess. <laughs> Lord, who has believed our report? As Isaiah said, Lord, who has believed our report? You want to find that in your own time, Isaiah 53, verse 1, right? Verse 17. So then faith for security. Faith for safety. Faith for prosperity. Faith for felicity. Comes by hearing the word. What word? The gospel of peace. You must believe the gospel of prosperity. People fight that like that's a some kind of mm, heresy. But we just read it. How beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, the gospel of prosperity. I, I want to submit something further to you. The gospel of prosperity. Now remember I told you, you got a thief out there. And if you, you knew the thief was coming, you'd arm yourself. Because he's coming at you armed. So you got to have some armor. I submit to you, the gospel of prosperity is part of your armor. How do I know? Go to Ephesians 6. <laughs> verse 13. Ephesians 6, verse 13. We can wrap this up right here in about three minutes. Therefore, take up the what? The what? Shout it out loud. The whole armor. That means don't leave any of this armor out. So whatever we read is part of the armor. You got to take all of it. That you may be able to withstand or resist the devil or in the evil day and having done all to stand. Verse 14. Stand therefore having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, verse 15, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. So the gospel of prosperity is part of your armor to protect you against the power the thief called poverty. And if you never hear and believe the gospel of prosperity, poverty comes right on in there. And you thinking the Lord is testing you. 
Isn't that what they teach out there in, 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 the, in the rest of the church? Am I, come on. You're going, well, the Lord brings your trials. The trials make you stronger. The Lord's just testing you, child. That's all. The Lord said I ain't do that. That ain't me. I, matter of fact, the Bible says that God sent Jesus preaching peace. Said God sent Jesus preaching peace or prosperity. He sent Jesus preaching prosperity. So if God's going, what's your name? Caleb. 15-year-old Caleb. Any 15-year-olds? No, I'm just joking. Okay. He's, <laughs> get him in trouble. It, so if God would send Jesus to preach prosperity, why would he put poverty on you? Now I'm asking Caleb because he's 15. Does that make sense to you? So how did that make sense to your 40-year-old self? A 15-year-old understand that God who would send Jesus to preach prosperity would never put poverty on you. All right, so let's go back. Let's finish right here. 2 Kings 6. No, 2 Kings 7. <laughs> Praise God. Y'all know what happened in, in, in that... Verse 3, four lepers men at the entrance of the gate. At the entrance of the gate, they were outside. And they said to one another, why are we sitting here until we die? If we say we will enter the city, the famine is in the city, and we shall die there. So they know it's famine inside there. And if we sit here, where we are, we're going to die also. Now, therefore, come, let us surrender to the army of the Syrians. See what they're about to do? That's, that's the whole point of this. Surrender to the enemy. And uh, if they keep us alive, we shall live. And if they kill us, we shall only die. We're going to die anyway. Verse 5. Watch this, at least. And they rose at twilight to go to the camp of the Syrians and when they had come to the outskirts of the Syrian camp to their surprise no one was there no one was there why was no one there verse 6 for or because heaven opened Remember what the man said? The Lord opened the windows of heaven? Yeah, he did. Heaven opened. And when heaven opened, the Syrian army heard something. They heard the angel armies in heaven. They heard in the supernatural realm. He caused them to hear. He gave them Discerning of spirits. 
if you understand the spiritual gifts. To hear in a different realm, Tony. The noise of chariots and the noise of horses, the noise of a great army. So they said one to another, look, the king of Israel has hired us against us, the kings of the Hittites and the kings of the Egyptians to attack us. Verse, verse keep going. So therefore they arose and fled when? At twilight. When the lepers get up? At twilight. At twilight. And left the camp intact, their tents, their horses, and their donkeys, and they fled for their lives. They left their tents. A tent is a house. A horse is a car. A donkey. They left their houses, they left their horses. Horses is cars, donkeys is for, is for carrying stuff. All their cargo. And they fled for their lives. Verse 8. And when these lepers came to the outskirts of the camp, they went into one tent and ate and drank. And carried from it silver and gold. Now, they was broke just the day before. Silver and gold and clothing and went and hid them. Then they came back into another tent. And carried some from there also and went and hid it. Now, if you know the story, they keep going. They decide, hey, this is not good if we keep this to ourselves. They go tell the king. Hey, king, this is what's happening. The king said, let's send somebody. They sent somebody to go test it out. They found out what these guys were saying was true. This is what was happening. Everything was left there. And all of a sudden, a stampede happened now out the city. They opened the gate. Open them gates up. They went out, stampede out, and the man who didn't believe got trampled in the gate. He saw it. The need of it. Because his faith didn't see how God could circumvent the besiegement of the enemy. And people you tell about God blessing and prospering you and they don't believe you, it's because they can't see how God could do that when all lines have been cut off. When every source you've ever thought you could turn to has been cut off, they think this means you're going to fail. They think it means you're going to die. But they don't know James 1.17. Y'all know James 1.17? Every good and perfect gift is not from outside, not from around, from above. The father of lights. Now listen. Let's share one last verse. Second Corinthians chapter nine, verse eight. In the Amplified. When the devil looks like he's cut off, when it, when it looks like the devil's cut off all your assistance, your aid, you know, somebody, oh, child support, don't even come no more. Don't worry about that. God didn't mean if you live off that anyway. Now, I ain't telling you to refuse it if it's supposed to be there. I'm talking about, <laughs> don't make that your... They don't be fighting nobody about it. Because when the devil cuts you off, <laughs> I'm 
me just tell you. I remember, see, Elder Cheryl, I've been in this, church, in this city my whole life. So when I started preaching and I started pastoring, I'd be every summer everywhere preaching. You know, you go preach, you get them little $50. Maybe $75, they felt real good, $75. You preach the sweat out of all your clothes. And $75, man of God. Praise God. But when I started really preaching faith in the kingdom, I got besieged. All that dried up. All that got cut off. I didn't realize that that was for my good. That it forced me to look up and not out. Ooh, I'm gonna come over here and say that. Somebody, you're being forced to look up. I look to the hills. From whence comes my help? My help, my help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. So instead of looking out, I look up. 2 Corinthians 9, verse 8. And God, no matter what happens now, is able to make all grace, every favor, and earthly blessing come to you. He's able to make it come to you. Well, I've been besieged. It ain't going to stop God. It ain't going to stop God. Elijah was in a famine, and God sent ravens flying through the sky to bring him bread and meat in the morning and bread and meat in the evening from Jezebel's table, too. When he took it from Jezebel, his enemy. The reason he was where he was was his enemy was, was after him, trying to kill him. Cut him off from everything. But God sent ravens. Y'all ever heard of a Grubhub? What's that, Uber Eats? That ain't nothing new. God been had Grubhub. God had been had Uber Eats. He sent, he sent ravens. Go pick it up from Jezebel's table. Hot bread, hot meat, and deliver it to the brook Cherith. That's original Grubhub right there. See? See, God can do this. He, he doesn't matter. He is able to make all this come to you in abundance so that you may always and under all circumstances and whatever the need be self-sufficient, possessing enough. Remember we talked about, about financial security? Possessing enough to require no aid or support and furnished in abundance for every good work and charitable donation. And I have news for you. If he's able, then he will. Poor no more. Say it. I'm poor no more. Say I'm rich. I'm abundantly supplied. 
I have everything I need, everything I want, and much more to bless somebody else. I'm poor no more. I live in abundance. I have life. I enjoy life to the full, to the lower flows. Give God a praise as you stand to your feet for that. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Come on. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I'm poor no more. Woo-hoo. There's nothing the devil can do to totally stop you. He can only, he can cut off natural. You following me about that? He can cut off this natural connection, natural supply, natural resources. But he can't do anything with God's supply. <laughs> Remember it said, God caused the Syrians to hear the uh, chariots, armies. That's in chapter 7, right? Do you know those are the same ones that were in chapter 6? When Elisha was down in a city called Dothan. Yes, sir. And the Syrian army had circled around him. Yes. And his servant Gehazi got up in the morning walked outside the tent and saw all his army around him and said, Alas, my master, what shall we do? And the Lord, and, and Elijah said, Lord, open this young man's eyes that he may see. Elijah walking by faith. He said, open his eyes of faith that he can see. And when, when the Lord opened Gehazi's eyes, he saw all around that other army horses and chariots of fire all around them. He's like, oh, we good, we good. See? So the army of horses and, and chariots, they were already in the area. Because the very next chapter, that's, that's what the, the Syrians heard. See? God is the God of angel armies. He's the Lord of hosts. God can get anything from anywhere through anybody at any time to you. Say, God can get anything from anywhere through anybody at any time to me. And the devil can't stop it. You just got to believe that, that report. Don't believe this down here. You're poor no, more. poor no more. Now, Father, thank you today for the word that we have received. Thank you, Father, that, Lord, you have richly blessed us and prospered us. God, you have supplied all of our needs according to your riches in glory by Christ Jesus. We do know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for our sakes he became poor, so that we through his poverty might, be, might become rich. Thank you. That you're the same Lord, you are rich to all who call upon you. Thank you that we are your children and heirs of yours and joint heirs with Jesus Christ. Thank you that God nothing can stop what you have planned 
in our lives. So God, we stay in faith. We stay vigilant. We resist poverty. We will not allow poverty to come on us. Yes, Lord, I hear that. We, we guard our minds and our hearts against poverty. We don't allow those poverty thoughts to control and dictate our lifestyles, how we give or how we live. We don't think like poor men. God will think like rich men. Rich and righteous men who heed your voice in everything. Who listen to you and follow your commands. Now I pray for these, every one of your precious people, those who are here, those who are watching and listening online, that God, that everyone will become well acquainted with that grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. Well acquainted, Father, with that ability. That they will know that Jesus already became poor for us. And that we are poor no more. Now guide us, keep us, teach us how to walk in and manifest the wealth and riches that you declared shall be in our houses. Show us where we're wasting. Show us where we're overlooking something. Show us where we're missing something. And show us where we're allowing the prowler of poverty to even sneak in. And God, we trust you to supernaturally take us into substantial increase and superior financial positions. We thank you lastly that as you spoke on June 16th, 2017, that financial miracles are happening in our lives every day. We thank you for it. We praise you for it. We give you all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Put those hands together and give God.